I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. All right, well, we might as well get this on the road. It is Monday morning, 1.19 a.m., August 9th, as I'm recording. It's pretty late. I kind of want to get this up. So, it's funny because I say this all the time. Um, you know, I'm going to try to make this short. The half hour, hopefully. We can get in a good half hour of, of Yankees talk. But, um, dude, I'm so tired lately. So much going on that, like, just, it's getting to me. It's getting to me where I can't record the full hour hour episodes. Um, but, you know, there's not much to talk about. It, it, the Yankees are playing, when they're playing good, it's, it's kind of difficult to, to rant, right? But, so I, I guess that's a good thing. Right now they're playing well. They just took... Uh, was it three out of four against Seattle before they go and play the Royals, and then they're going to they're going on the road to to Iowa for the Field of Dreams game next week. So that's that's you know towards the end of the week. But um, yeah, we're gonna discuss this Mariners series. It went pretty well, and uh, I hope that we can continue to play good ball. Things are looking up. We'll check out the standings, recap the series talk about some specific things analyze a few guys and that'll be that um but you are listening to episode 271 271 of bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and Knicks analysis thank you for stopping by if you are um i do appreciate the support i get now if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast be sure to do that right now you can watch the podcast on youtube or you can listen to the podcast on the many listening platforms that we are on we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know, all the, the major feeds and whatnot. So you can look for us on there, BD4. Um, if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on, I just said YouTube, didn't I? <laughs> Where you can watch the podcast. But, you know, we do Yankees episodes every single series, or, you know, we'll miss a few here and there. But Yankees episodes every series, and when the Knicks are in season, we do Knicks episodes every two games. And um, I also write a blog. Been slacking there lately, but we're going to get to it. We'll be catching up soon. Uh, the blogs are, you know, we recap every single Yankees and Knicks game. Um, this year, I've done a lot of recapping the series instead just because I've been so busy. But don't worry, we're still pretty active over there. So go and subscribe to my blog. It's my opinion. And you can also follow me on my three social media websites, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All that information I just said, the blog, the podcast, my socials, you can find on one page. Just go to my link tree, linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. So, welcome to the show. That was a, that was a, I am so tired, I need to go to bed, sigh. Listen, I had, I had a good weekend. It was, it was a relaxing weekend. I think it was my first weekend back since I came back from vacation the weekend prior to this weekend. 
So I'm just getting, you know, back into the swing of things. Um, you know, obviously I'm still going to class and shit. That's online anyway. Um, starting up work again next week. So getting back into the swing of things. And then before you know it, the summer is going to be over, man. It's already August 9th as you are listening to this. And as I'm recording this, technically it's August 9th. Crazy. And, and I mentioned last episode in two, uh, 270 how once it hits July 4th after Independence Day that shit flies like it, it the summer just goes by so quick and we're already talking about how it's about to be September in a few weeks and that's like the start of ha- Halloween season I call it Halloween season like the, the rest of the way from here once you get into September, I call that, you know, the re- that is that is like Halloween season. It's September, October, then you get to cr- fucking Christmas is going to be here before you know it. Shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> College football starting up soon, NFL starting up. Um I was watching the um the UFC 265 pay-per-view last night. Excuse me. Went down the street to my buddy's place. Usually he hosts those pay-per-view events. Make him buy it. So I just go over there. And um, no, it was a good time. It, you know what? I didn't think this card was going to be pay-per-view worthy. I thought it was you know a bunch of solid fight night fights. But it ended up being a pretty damn good pay-per-view. Um, there were a lot of good fights heading up to the main event. Um, the Tisha Torres fight was cool. Jose Aldo fight, you know, the Jose Aldo fight was awesome. He's he's dude, this guy's been around forever. He's a dinosaur, but he still got it. And after the fight, that was his 30th win and I'm looking at his record. The dude's 30 and 7. It's unfortunate cuz he's always going to be known as the dude who kind of you know, got Conor's career underway. But he's a good fighter. He's still got the quick hands and I forget the name of the gentleman he beat, but he beat him. <laughs> and then you got to the Lewis fight. The Lewis versus uh, Cyril Gon fight. Dude. A lot of people were pissed off that, that Derek Lewis was plus 300. I think now they understand why. This guy doesn't mess around. Cyril Gon is no joke. This guy is so technical. So strategic. And I know a lot of people hate those types. You know, they're going to make fun of them and, and mock them because they dance and they avoid. But, I mean, whatever you got to do to win. And he's a pretty powerful puncher. Too. I mean, he could strike. He landed some good hits. So I'm not going to act like he can't do damage. But Derek Lewis was the guy who everybody was was expecting to win by knockout. If he did win. Right, the running joke is Lewis loses the entire fight, and then by the fifth round or the third round, he's gonna knock you out. But the knockout punch wasn't there. He, Cyril Gon didn't even get touched. Again, he was just so technical out there. When he's on his feet, he doesn't. The whole fight was on his feet. The thing didn't go to the ground once. Um, there were a couple of clinches, but like the whole fight was just striking, and dancing, and defending. And Sirogan just being so smart. Such a high IQ fighter. And he's a fit dude. And he is going to now fight 
without knockout win. It was a knockout win, a stoppage in the fifth round. He's now going to take on Francis Naganu. He got the little fake in there in her belt last night, but he's going to fight Francis for the real title now. And that's probably going to happen. I'm going to say at the at the end of the year or maybe sometime in January. But boy, man, I tell you what, we've got a hell of a next several months for UFC. I mean, the 266 card is loaded. You've got names on there that have potential to beat any of the cards we've seen this year. You know, ranging from the Namahunas card, the Adesanya cards we've seen, um, the Condor card. But this this one could be the best card of the year. It could be top two of the year. 266. You've got Valentina on it. You've got Nick Diaz coming back against Robbie Lawler. That's going to be fun. You've got... Sheesh, I'm, I'm forgetting the main event. Because I think Valentina is, is just a co-main. That's the co-main. The main event's... It's a, oh, it's it's um, Ortega and... Uh, Volkanovski? Volk Fuck. Alex Volkov. Volkanovski. Yeah. That's legit. Dude, Ortega's one of my favorite guys to watch. And... Um, so that's going to be loaded. And I'm pretty sure there are some other names on there too that I'm not even thinking about. Uh, that's not until four weeks from now though. So we've got a month. But 266 is loaded. I forget the card for 267. But 268 is the one I'm trying to get tickets to. As soon as they release information on that, I'm going to see what the prices are. And I don't care if it's going to be in the nosebleeds. I'm getting tickets. Me and my buddy and, and um, maybe one or two others are trying to go to this. It's at the Garden. And it's the one with Kobe versus uh, Usman. You know, so number two between them. So I, I I need to go, absolutely need to go. I also need to get to a Yankees game, and um, it's been it's been two years since I've been to a freaking game, which is crazy because I I used to go so much, so often throughout the season, and you know the majority of the home postseason games and have been to an away game or two but I need to get back there and it's been so long it's like I forget how to I forget so much I used to like know the stadium know the in and outs of everything know where to go now it's like I feel like I'm going to get there and be like where the hell do I go again I had my spot 235 section of the bleachers all the time So, I'm excited. I gotta go back. I haven't figured out when, but I am going back for sure. Alright, let's head to break. When we get back from break, we'll we'll start this thing up. No need to, to bullshit and waste time. Alright, stay with us. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast. All you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast.
freaking everybody's getting hurt, man. Or not hurt, everyone's getting the virus. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, latest to get it is, uh, I mean, I think, unless something's happening right now again, wouldn't be shocked, but the latest to get it now is Anthony Rizzo. Unfortunately, it sucks because the guy was doing so solid. Now he's going to be out a little bit. Um, and this is his 32nd birthday, or it was on Sunday. But he's got it now. Add him to the list. Um, the media made a big fucking fiasco of it because this is one of the players who didn't get vaccinated and he got the virus so they're using this to send a, a message to oops, to push their agenda leave the fucking kid alone man he, and he said he got it he didn't get it because it was his choice since he had cancer in the past and he he's just not sure of what he's putting into his body and whether or not you agree with that that's the way he thinks so I don't think you should pr you should probably fuck off and leave the kid alone. Let him make his decision. Because that's kind of what the point of this country is. To make your own decisions and have your own freedom. Um, guess you know where I stand on certain things. But um, no, he, he listen. I'm not going to fucking have my... Everybody's got to have an opinion on everything nowadays. It's crazy. Best wishes to him. Hope he heals up. And I'm sure he'll get back out there just fine. Um, so he's out. Um, but we, we, uh, if we're going to rewind, we'll start with game one of the series. Yankees take the five to three win against the Mariners. You know, the Mariners are a team who kind of having a weird year. They're, they're above 500, but they're kind of not sure if they're contending or if they're not. Um, I don't think anybody takes them serious. It's a team. I think that Yankees needed to defeat three out of four and they did. So they take the 5-3 win in game one. Uh, this was on Thursday night, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. 5-3. Uh, you got Cortez going up against Anderson. Uh, the Yankee Bats get it going in the bottom of the second one. Torres gets the sack fly. It's one nothing. Then you've got top of the third, a sack fly for Seattle to tie the game off Cortez. Fourth inning, Seager gets a solo bomb, makes it 2-1 Mariners. Then you've got Kyle Higashioka with the infield single in the bottom of the fourth to tie the game at two. Green, later in the top of the seventh, enters the game and surrenders a home run to Klenick, who you know, beat up on the Yankees this series. One of the few M's who did do a pretty solid job with the bat. Gallo then, obviously that was his big... <laughs> Michael K calling it the signature moments. Tell you, man, Michael K has a habit of, of calling... Regular season moments, signature Yankee moments. Sort of embarrassing, man. Go back and, and read Yankee history, dude. You're supposed to know this. Like, signature moment is not for the regular season. He did it with Stanton. He's done it with a few other guys. And now he's doing it with Gallo. Easy, 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 easy. This is not your welcome to the... I, I get... Sort of the logic is the first one as a Yankee. You're getting the monkey off your back. But to me, signature moment means the one that people are going to remember you for. And that shit happens in October. But, okay. Gallo gets the home run. We'll play along. He gets the three-run shot in the bottom of the seventh. That ends up being the one to win the game for the Yankees. He pulls it down the, the, uh, the right field line. And it is a typical Joey Gallo 
you know, moon blast, launch angle, whatever the hell degree, straight up in the air, uppercut swing. You know, the opposite of what they, they taught us growing up. Um, calm down. Um, I know I got the analytics nerds all riled up there, but he gets the three-run shot. The Yankees win. It's Cortez going five strong, five hits, two runs, another solid job. Then it goes to Green in the pen, Britton, Chapman for um, inning six to nine. Offensively, the Yankees get ten hits. They do so. Um, two of them just came in scoring position. They were two for ten. They had three walks, seven strikeouts. Um, three of the ten hits went to Joey Gallo. Three hits, three RBIs. We'll see what happens with them, man. Stanton, two hits. Odor, two for two, two walks. Uh, the Yankee bats weren't great in runners and scoring position scenarios this series. In game one, they had a lot of wasted opportunities. First and third with no outs in the third. Just got a sack fly off of that. Stranded LeMahieu with the leadoff single in the, in the third inning. Um, third and fourth. Judge walks in the fifth. Didn't get anything out of that. Get two singles from Odor and Higgy in the uh, sixth inning. Didn't get anything out of that. But we did get the win. And that was the first game of the set. As we move to game two, um, the Yankees win this one 3-2. to two. Yet Peralta and the bullpen for the Yankees going up against Gonzalez. The game was scoreless through the first five. Sixth inning comes. Seattle puts a run on the board. The Yankees then tie it up at one in the eighth inning when they get Aaron Judge lining one to left for the sack. Then we go to extras. Um, in the top of the 10th inning, you got Crawford with the RBI single off of Chad Green to make it 2-1. to one. The Manfred runner comes in. Then, with two outs in the bottom of the 10th, you've got Stanton, a base hit, to tie the game. So, then we get to the 11th inning. Yankees do a nice job of shutting it down. And Brett Gardner. Gardy has his one of his few moments of the year. Um, a base knock to walk it off off of Middleton. Good for him. And uh, he needed that. And the Yankees pick up that victory. Um, yeah, offensively, six hits, seven walks, eight Ks, two for 15 in scoring position. Um, Stanton at two hits, a walk, and the ribby. Torres, a couple of hits. Guardy, one hit, one walk, one ribby. Uh, we stranded a lot of opportunities again. Obviously, two for 15. You know, we wasted two walks in the second. Uh, Stanton's single was stranded in the fourth. Judge has a single. Rizzo steals second in the sixth. Stanton flies out. You had the base hit from Glaber in the seventh. We got nothing. The ninth inning, you had the double by Torres, the intentional walk. And then you got nothing when Higgy and Guardy both pop it up back to back. Um, so the bats weren't good, but the pitching did its job. You had Wandy, Ridings, uh, Rodriguez, Holmes, Litke, Lasagna, Britton, Green, and Abreu all pitched that game. But they did great combined for 11 innings, 176 pitches, one run, nine strikeouts. So collective effort and a fabulous job of the Yankee pitching staff. So that was the second game. Let's get to game three. The Yankees win game three, five to four. Andrew Heaney on the mound, and awful first start for the Yankees, and it doesn't look like this one's off to a good one either. 
Um, he surrenders a home run, or a double, and then a home run to Seager already in the first inning. It's 2 nothing before you can blink. Judge answers back, cuts that lead in half in the bottom of the first, 2-1. to one. Heaney goes back out there in the top of the second. Walk, double, walk. Walks the bases loaded, so a runner comes in to score. Then a sack fly, and it's 4-1 to one Mariners after 2. But then he kind of settles in. He figures it out, and he settles in for the next four innings. Scoreless next four innings, and he ends up going six innings of four-run ball, 109 bullets, nine strikeouts. And if he goes that... If he goes out there and does that all the time, I will take it. That's honestly good with me. Because I I'm, I was not the biggest... I mean, I'm not against the Heaney move. I just... I wasn't excited about it. You know? We didn't give up jack shit, so you can't be mad at the move. But I'm, I'm not one of the Yankees fans who are like, Oh, great, we got this guy. I'm expecting what he's been giving the Angels his entire career. So if he can go out there and give you six innings of a four-run ball, I will take that. For sure. Bottom of the sixth. Odor goes porch. Four to three Yankees with with the dinger. Higgy in the bottom of the sixth gets the RBI pinch hit double, makes it four to four tie ball game. Then Rizzo bounces into a double play, but it does score a run. That's how the Yankees win five to four. Um, Yankee bats go for 11 hits, a walk, nine Ks, two for eight in scoring position. LeMayu has two hits. Judge has two hits. Stanton has a pair of hits. Um, Wade has two hits, Higgy has a hit, Gallo, one walk and three strikeouts in very Gallo fashion, um, Heaney, Holmes, Rodriguez, Lasagna, that was your arms, or those were your arms, and that was game three, and that was the last game of the series the Yankees would win, um, game four, I didn't write it down here on YouTube, if you're watching the podcast, I don't have the stats on the screen, but... It was, a, it was a quiet, silent game anyways. Um, Yankees lose 2 nothing. They don't have Rizzo. But Luke Voigt does come back for this one. Um, and pitching for them was Luis Hill. Right? Luis Hill pitching for the Yankees. Uh, he goes and he goes out there and does well again. He goes five strong. Two hits. No runs. Two walks. And eight strikeouts. Um, hey, good for him. The Mariners score in the eighth inning. Off the Yankee pen. It's Seager with a double. And then they get a single to make it 2 nothing. Yankee bats though. Just too quiet. Uh, no runs. 6 hits. 3 walks. And 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. Uh, Glaber did have 3 hits. Now up to 253 on the year. Voigt returned. Went 0 for 4 though. Guardy was 1 for 2. And we just stranded a bunch of runners again. You had Torres' double. Stranded in the second. In the third, you had DJ LeMayhew, Judge, and Stanton all left on base. You had Torres singling in the fourth. Another moment where he stranded. Um, Stanton walking in the fifth. We get nothing. In the sixth, Torres, Odor, both stranded. Guardy, the infield single in the ninth there. He doesn't come around to score. And then, you know, that was this was the game where uh, Kellenick was hurt. Uh, no, he was ejected, as was Seattle Mar- manager Service. He was also ejected on that strike three call to uh, Kellenick. Um, Gallo showed off his arm. He's a good defensive player, man. I'll give him that, you know. He's definitely a good outfielder. Uh, he was, he, you know, he, he, just, he showed some life. Offensively, this series, he was 4 for 14, uh, three walks, so he got on base. He had the homer and the three RBIs in the first game. But um, we'll see with him, man. I'm not, you know, 
I think he'll put up some flashy numbers, the home runs, the, the RBIs, the OPS. You know, the power numbers will be there. But I'm just, it, it's the swing, man. You know, if he does help us get to the playoffs, great. But it's in the playoffs where I'm going to be concerned about someone like him. Where elite pitchers are going to see that uppercut swing and start throwing him the high heat. Where he can't exactly do that as much. Um, but we'll see. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm trying my best to stay with it here. But he he showed life this series. As did Glaber Torres. Like I said, he had multi-hit games in two of these four games. Um, but after the game, he got the MRI on his left thumb because he stole a base. Um, and if, if it's not bad enough that he's getting an MRI this time around, Aaron Boone says he is concerned. So I'm not expecting good news at all there. Um. Stanton showed life. That's a positive. Five games in a row with two hits up until today or Sunday. He's still not homering, really. It was just the Orioles game. And then outside of that, it, you got to go all the way back to July 20th against the Phillies where he last homered. Um, who else? Not much else, man. You know, Greg Allen sent down. Florial sent down for Jonathan friggin' Davis. I'm not even going to rant on that. Don't have the energy tonight. Cortez looks solid still. He's still going strong. I was I read a stat on Twitter. He's got the highest whiff rate in the MLB on his fastball. <laughs> um, but he's now got a 2.15 ERA through 37 and two-thirds innings. 41 strikeouts in those innings. So he's... Listen, he comes in. He starts these games or he comes in as that piggyback guy and he gets outs consistently he's consistently getting outs he's effective and it's working right now it usually you know his track record said he always he usually comes back down to earth big time so i'm expecting some regression pretty soon but right now i will take the 215 era through 38 innings uh Luis hill looks good man a couple of starts under his belt already it's only baltimore and seattle but he did his job. Right? He's getting two shutout starts. Got a good fastball that sits around 98. He'll dial it, he'll dial it up there in those intense moments too. As Kay was mentioning. Big league slider. Pretty swooping slider. I like it. it you know, changeup needs some work. It, it's a little hard. Does need a little more separation between his changeup and his fastball. But his stuff looks very similar. A lot of people are comparing Luis Heel to Luis Severino, who's on his way back. I think he has two more rehab assignments or starts. Um, but yeah, I like what I'm I like what I'm seeing so far. We'll see when he faces you know solid hitting lineups, what happens, and see how he handles his first you know stretch of adversity too. But right now, I think you gotta keep throwing him out there while this bullpen recovers from. COVID and everything. Uh, but the Yanks look good. 8-2 and two now since the deadline. Uh, I think they said 19-9 and nine now in their last 28 games. So, yeah, we're stealing bases more. I think there was a stat on yesterday. Don't hold me to this, but I think since the All-Star break, we've got 19, and we had 20 the entire first half of the season. Uh, so we, we lead the MLB with stolen bases in the second half. Um, so that's nice to see. Glaber Torres, they were saying he had 12 stolen bases already this year, which is, I, I, that's awesome. At least he's doing that. 
we're pinch hitting earlier in games now. You know, we're making quicker decisions. We're not just relying on guys so much, waiting for correction and shit. We're making decisions. We're being active and more dynamic because of this. The pitching is, you know, it's both the bullpen and the rotation is kind of rounding into form right now again. So I like what I'm seeing. Um, and I just hope that we can continue to get it. But we'll see. So let's head to our first break, or our last break, actually. And when we get back from the break, we'll just wrap this thing up with the NYY NYK question of the day. And that'll be that. Stay with us. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at nysportstalkrc. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. All right, so last time out in episode 270, we were obviously covering the Knicks. Our NYY NYK question of the day for 270 was, which 90s Nick chose the NBA over the NFL after winning the Heisman in 1993? And the answer to that question, which 90s Nick chose the NBA over the NFL after winning the Heisman in 93? Charlie Ward. Point guard Charlie Ward averaged six points and four assists over the course of his career. And uh, there was a running joke that he was the best quarterback in New York at the time. So, all right. My neck hurts. Um... Tonight's brain cramp. Tonight's NYY NYK question of the day, episode 271. What year did Derek Jeter win his first World Series MVP? All right. What year did Derek Jeter win his first World Series MVP? Guys, thanks so much for checking this out. Thanks for stopping by. Episode 271 in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Again, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, do that right now on all the major feeds. Yankees episodes every series, Knicks episodes every two games, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Subscribe to the blog that I write, It's My Opinion, where we recap the Yankees and Knicks every game. And you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All that information I just mentioned to you on my link tree link tr.ee forward slash rj carbone guys thanks so much for stopping by i'm your host rj carbone and i'll see you next time ciao this episode is brought to you by anchor 
podcasting made easy.